The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We are set here to go again answering your questions about disability laws that pertains to COVID-19, the coronavirus, or otherwise. Uh, all questions, of course, are, uh, are welcome. Savannah, busy show coming up today as we continue to answer those questions. People have a lot of them. want to mention two things right off the top. You guys open for business. Insurance companies also open for business. So have no fear. It is uh, status quo as far as that's concerned. Everybody, including yourself and the firm and uh, you know, pretty much the insurance companies working remotely. But, uh, you know, it's a technology. They can do it. So it's uh, it's all good to go. You want to reach out anytime during the show, do so. It's uh, 1-855-821-5900. That is toll free to get a hold of Savannah and his crew help at disabilityrights.ca and for the next little while the website you can go to for a, a, a ton of information covidrights.ca check that out as well but as mentioned phone lines here on the uh, on the program are open at the station so bring them on 416-870-6400 ready to uh, ready to go pal week that was in covid off the top what's going on that's right john it's been a very busy week of course with covid uh raining everywhere uh mm-hmm. and you know we're we're uh, as you mentioned it, in full operation, our entire firm is working remotely. Uh, every, everyone is keeping safe, social distancing, and uh, you know this is this is the same thing f- with us right now, John. You're doing it from your home. I'm doing this from yeah. my home, and uh, we're here to educate the public. And I actually want to give a shout out to uh, my sister who I just talked to uh, recently, uh, Paula, and her husband Serge, and her little daughter uh, Hannah. Uh, again, they're keeping uh, keeping safe. Uh, social distancing is a major major thing. But you know, John, one of the things that came up in the conversation between us is the mental toll uh, you know the, the psychological impact of this pandemic and of course the efforts to combat it and and that cannot be underestimated and I think that we're going to read more and more uh, in the news and uh, through blogs and, and other individuals who have expertise in this area about what it is that this is doing to people so it's one thing to look at you know obviously the the illness itself it's another thing to consider uh, the ramifications of everything we are doing now collectively to try and stay safe Mm -hmm. you know and, and that brings me to an email that i had received earlier this week from a lady uh, her name is valerie and uh she's been on long-term disability for almost two years now and uh, she has been asked by her insurance company to attend an assessment with one of their doctors and this is supposed to happen next week and of course she's concerned because under the policy under almost every ltd policy there is a provision that states that if the insurance company wants to assess you to have one of their doctors or treatment experts assess you uh, during the life of your claim then you have an obligation to participate and that's true you do but her concern of course is that she has to go to this appointment right and, and again we are now living in covid-19 era so what does she do does she go to this assessment does she not uh, her concern obviously is is that if she declines the insurance company can use that to cut off her benefits and remember, one of the things we talk about here is uh, the rights that individuals have under their long-term disability policies. And of course, conversely, insurance companies have certain rights. 
So what we told this lady to do, what I told her to do, is uh, to express her concern to her adjuster in writing and to ask whether or not this assessment can proceed via phone or Zoom or some other platform that does not involve her coming out of the house. Right. And as far as I am concerned, if the insurance company comes back and says, no, it, it does, we cannot accommodate that, I think she has a right in my opinion, to say, no, this is too risky for me. And in fact, she can contact her own doctors to the extent that her doctors are available right now uh, to, to back this up as well, to provide a letter or something that says they don't advise her to travel out of the house. I don't think she needs that, but I think that insurance companies are going to have to adapt. That said, I do anticipate some insurance companies out there, some adjusters, uh, to use this, unfortunately, to uh, pressure individuals into situations where people are not comfortable with. I can see insurance companies trying to cut people off, off of long-term disability benefits, and of course, people are in a very precarious financial state right now, so what do you do? Well, again, the fact that there is COVID-19 out there does not erase your legal rights. This is absolutely essential to understand. And, and John, you and Lior, my, my partner, uh, you know, Lior, the expert in employment law, one of the best mm -hmm. lawyers I know uh, who knows everything there is to know about employment law, uh, you know, he talks about this as well. You know, the fact that we have this pandemic, the fact that everybody is at home now does not mean that you have no rights. It's very important to understand the legal system has not grounded to a halt. Right. Okay, we can enforce your rights. So what happens if an insurance company tells you we're going to cut you off benefits and they really should not given this pandemic? You give us a call. You give us a call and we'll tell you what you need to do. Sometimes we need to get involved. Sometimes we don't need to get involved. The point is, this is going to cost you nothing to speak with us and to get the information you need so that you know how to proceed and how to deal with this insurance company. You know, insurance companies are not above the law. Insurance companies, John, as you put it, are still operational. They're still doing everything they're supposed to be doing. They're all working remotely, too. But they also understand that individuals out there are in a more uh, difficult situation. And, again, my concern, my concern is that they take advantage of that. I hope they won't, but that's my concern. We'll take our uh, first uh, short break of the show here. Email help at disabilityrights.ca. We are just getting warmed up. It is a disability law show right here, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is at twelve fifteen here on your uh, Sunday morning. You want to call through, have questions about a disability, you're dealing with an insurance company, who, by the way, are all still uh, open and ready for business and doing business uh, via home offices, just like uh, Savannah is right now. Back on the phone at the home office, so you want to call now four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred is a way to do that if. You're having uh, some issues or just have some general questions about your long-term disability, short-term or otherwise, bring it on. Now, before I get to a bunch of questions and some emails, uh, by the way, covidrights.ca is a wonderful website you can use for lots more information. And for the uh, the show today and uh, moving on, actually, uh, beyond the time of the show, you can go to help at disabilityrights.ca. But you uh, you were talking about, or we were talking about just before we came back, Savan, uh, an article from CNN. What's that all about? Yeah, John, I actually noticed this interesting article uh, just uh, uh, late last week, uh, and I, I, thought it, I thought it was interesting to talk about because I'm sure that the U.S. is not the only place that is seeing a, an increase, significant increase in, in mental health issues and concerns. And so the title of the article is, A Crisis Mental Health Hotline Has Seen an 891% Spike in Calls. Jeez. 
And, you know, again, remember, we've been talking now for a few weeks about this tsunami of uh, mental health claims that are coming down the pipe, and understandably so. I mean, people are in a very, very difficult situation right now, uh, you know, with unemployment, with COVID, with social distancing, with everything that comes up. And people are asking, and I get emails and calls each and every day, uh, you know, at all hours of the day, can I apply for disability? Can I apply for short-term disability, for long-term disability? What do I do if the insurance company cuts me off and I can't see my doctors or I can't get them the updated reports? Look, this is what we're here for. Continue sending those questions my way, and I will answer all of them. But, you know, this 891% spike, I'm telling you, John, it's going to go into the thousands, not just in the States, but here in Canada. And insurance companies better be ready, and they better step up, and they better pay. Because if they don't pay, again, people need to understand, every listener out there needs to understand, if you have coverage through a long-term disability insurance company, either through work or privately, you have a right to get paid if you are unable to work because of depression, uh, significant anxiety, phobias, anything like that that disables you from working as long as your doctors confirm that you're unable to work because of that disability. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, if you recall last week, you, James, and I were talking about the Echo Pandemic, that article written locally about, uh, you know, after this whole effect, when the, when this thing has finally started to subside, or at least this first big wave, is the amount of mental distress, anxiety, and stuff. People are going to be off work. They're going to be on disability. They're going to be calling their insurance company to make claims on what they've already paid into. So, yeah, there's going to be a big flood of that. Uh, indeed. And, and something else I think causing people a lot of stress in this time, especially right now in the here now, is the fact that they cannot contact or at least get in to see their, uh, their doctors. So good topic for today. Three things you should do if you are unable to go to your doctor to get medical update for your LTD insured because of COVID-19. This is a, this is a great topic. I'm going to just get right into this. Uh, Savannah, number one is this. Call your doctor or clinic to see if they can provide you with an email update of your medical condition. An email update. Because, you know, as far as I know, email still works. Yeah, email works and telephone works, and many clinics are operating uh, in in that fashion, specifically through various platforms like Zoom, like Skype, WhatsApp, uh, you know, etc. Remember that despite the fact that we have a pandemic, to the extent that your insurance company requires a medical update about your condition, you know, you do need to show you've done everything you could to provide Mm -hmm. them that update. And and that's important because, you know, again, every day I have people contacting me saying, look, the insurance company says, I got to get them the update by the end of the month. You know, today is April the 12th. Well, if you don't get us the update by April 30th, we're going to cut you off. Uh, And and people, of course, are freaking out because they say, I can't see my doctor. Well, call your clinic. Uh, you know, make a record of that. If for whatever reason you can't get a hold of your doctor, you can't make the appointment by phone uh, or some other platform, uh, you know, then advise your adjuster of that. And that takes us to number two. Uh, The second thing that you should do if you're unable to to get your doctor uh, to get your medical update, uh, you need to advise your adjuster in writing uh, that because of the COVID-19 pandemic, you're having difficulties getting medical updates from your doctor and that you continue to be disabled from working. You have to make sure that you tell them that. You have to make sure that you tell them that you're trying your best. You know, it's not enough to simply say, uh, you know, well, the clinic is closed, my doctor is unavailable, there's a huge queue. You have to show that you've done everything in your power to get them the medical updates that they need. Remember, they're going to use whatever they can to cut you off. You know, we assume that insurance companies are going to be reasonable in these situations. I hope that's the case. I'm a bit pessimistic when it comes to dealing with insurance companies. Uh, Let's call it uh, being a realist. 
right? Insurance companies, if they can find a way to cut you off or deny your claim, they will find that. They will find that way. So don't give them the excuse by telling them, I can't get you a medical update. Uh, and, and meanwhile, you know, you're susceptible to an attack mm-hmm. by them saying, well, have you tried? Have you called them? Have you emailed them? Have you tried some other way of contacting your treatment provider? So that's main, you know, very important. The third uh, thing that you should do if you're unable to go to your doctor to get a medical update is confirm to your adjuster in running that you continue to be disabled from working. I alluded to that in the last point. Right. Assuming, of course, that's the case, right? I mean, if you're no longer disabled, then, then that's that, and you shouldn't be on disability. But confirm to your adjuster in writing that you need to, uh, uh, um, you know, that, that you continue to be disabled and that you are continuing to get treatments if, in fact, you are. You have to show them that to the extent you're able to, you are doing everything you can to abide by the terms of the policy. We'll take a short break into your emails and your phone calls. Lines are open here. Got lots of them. 416-870-6400. You have concerns about your LTD or on the horizon. You say it may be a rally for you to be off for a work reason or otherwise. Give us a call. 416-870-6400. You can reach out help at disabilityrights.ca as well. Disability Law Show continues. Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. If at uh, any time you'd prefer to talk privately to Savannah, remember the team 1-855-821-5900. Help at disabilityrights.ca. There's lots of information well as well at covidrights.ca. That's, uh, that's free for you to have a look at and to educate yourself indeed. But for the remainder of the show, as always, 416-870-6400 is the other way to call through. So yeah, you're having trouble getting to your clinic or your doctor because of COVID-19. What happens if your adjuster says, you know what, regardless, I'm going to stop your payments unless we get a medical update. What do you do now? You have to call me ASAP. I mean, there's no way around that. And and the reason is this, because if they tell you, despite everything you've told them, that your LTD payments are going to stop, they will stop. I mean, remember, adjusters, when they advise you of the cutoff date, uh, it's in the system. And many people don't understand that, John. And one of the things that I want to make sure people understand is that, you know, unlike with a car accident, for example, where uh, it's only when the accident happens that you know that you've been injured and suffered damage, uh, with with an LTD claim, when the adjuster tells you ahead of time that they're going to cut you off benefits, you now have, you know, a certain time period to do something about that. And we've had situations where we got involved before the person was cut off. So after they were told that they would be cut off, but before the actual cutoff happened, and we were able to communicate with the adjuster and explain from a legal perspective the position of the individual and what would happen mm-hmm. if, in fact, the cutoff proceeded, basically that there would be a legal claim launched against the insurance right. company, and we were able to avert the cutoff. Now, I'm not saying that it's going to happen in every case. I'm not saying that every case is going to result in that kind of a good outcome. What I will tell you, though, is that... Is that you know, we are living, living in an unprecedented time, and so long as you've done everything you could to abide by the terms of the policy, you cannot be faulted. But if the insurance company tells you you're going to be cut off, despite the fact that you've done everything you could to get them the updates, you've done everything you could to get treatment, mm-hmm. you've done everything you could to uh, uh, comply with the provisions of the policy, there is no reason for the insurance company to cut you off if you remain disabled from working. 
Again, 416-870-6400. You have questions for the remainder of this hour. Bring it on. It starts with the conversation. It starts with knowledge, right? You always want to set yourself off in the uh, the right foot when it comes to this stuff. Jocelyn, up first with the uh, the email. Jocelyn writes in, says, Hey, Savannah, I was uh, let go from my job last week because my employer said they need someone to fill my spot. Uh, They were a large organization with over 200 people. I've been on long-term disability for the last year, and I've worked at my job for over 20 years, so I'm very angry that I was let go. My fear is that I will be cut off disability, especially since my adjuster said that I will need to find another occupation at the two-year mark, and they already told me that my benefits will end uh, this coming December of this year, but I'm not getting any better, and I'm 52 years old. I don't know what to do now because it seems that I don't have a job to go back to if I could, uh, if I could and my benefits will expire at the end of this year. I'm terrified. You got any advice? Yeah, absolutely, Jocelyn, and I, I'm very sorry for everything you're going through. Uh, especially during this time. So so two issues here. Number one, there is an employment issue, obviously. She was let go, John, after 20 years, and she is in her early 50s. This is something that, you know, we deal with all the time at the firm. We have uh, quite a few employment lawyers that specialize just in employment law in all our offices, in Toronto, in Ottawa, in Vancouver, across Ontario, across B.C. That's all they do. But she's also concerned, of course, that not only is she getting hit from the, uh, you know, the, 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 the employer, but she's getting hit by the insurance company here who is going to cut her off because they say that at the two-year mark, she should be finding a different job. Well, no, that's right. not the way it works. So again, for anybody who's listening for the first time, for LTD, to, to qualify for LTD and to get LTD for the first two years, you have to demonstrate through medical evidence, medical support, your doctors, your treatment providers, that you cannot do your own occupation. Beyond the two-year mark, the test expands. It becomes more difficult to meet, arguably. It's uh, can you do any occupation for which you are suited for by training, education, or experience? Where if Jocelyn is unable to do or to work in any occupation beyond the two-year mark, and that's confirmed by whoever's treating her, well, then she should continue getting LTD beyond the two-year mark. But that's when usually most people get cut off, John, and they think that they're getting uh, uh, cut off legitimately, meaning that most people just give up. They assume that their benefits end at the two-year mark, and that's far, far from the truth. In the vast majority of cases with LTD policies, they go until age 65. Some policies are limited-time policies. They're two-year policies, five-year policies, 10-year policies. Some of them go beyond age 65, but the vast majority is age 65. But people don't necessarily understand that. Most people think that if they're cut off at the two-year mark or just before the two-year mark, then that's really all that they're entitled to under the policy, and that's just not true. Got lots more to go here. We'll take a short break. Nancy, I see your email and your phone calls, 416-870-6400. We will get to you as soon as we uh, we come back. Stick around. It is the Disability Law Show. This is Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You bet. And to reach out, 416-870-6400. That is to call the show now after the show is done at any other time. Of course, one 821 5900 that'll put touch with uh, Savannah and his team. Email is help at disabilityrights.ca and uh, a very special website you guys uh, crafted, put together over the last couple of weeks, covidrights.ca. There's lots of information to be gleaned there as well. We are going back to the emails here in but a moment. But i got uh, Fred on the line. Hi, Fred. Thanks for thanks for hanging on. Good afternoon. Yes, my, my question is um, 
I'm already with you guys firm and um, I'm already on this trying to get my disability, but um, using the benefits from my workplace and um, all the, because of the COVID and it's hard to get doctors. Can yep. it be argued? Can it be argued to um, extend the, the, um, the benefits that I have from my work to like use from the dentist, the doctors, mental health and all that? Can I argue with the company to extend that? Because depending on the company, it lasts a year to two years. Okay, Fred, just so I understand. So you're saying that you were let go and you continue to have benefits or, or you were not let go? I'm just trying to understand if we're dealing with an employee. No, I'm still with the company. Still with the company. You're still with the company and you have benefits. Why, why are the benefits ending in a year? To my understanding that um, because my last day of work was uh, um, just over a year ago, they'd only last for 24 months, only have one more year. So because it's hard to use my benefits, because it's hard to get in contact with doctors with COVID and stuff like that. Right. right. I was wondering if, let's say, it takes three months. Can that be extended to negotiate with the company to say, I need three more months because I couldn't use it during the COVID? So I think that the, the, the answer is, so this is an employment-related question, believe it or not, because it has to do with your company. And I believe that the answer is that it's, it's negotiable depending on the package that is negotiated with the company. So to the extent that uh, your severance entitlements are negotiated with the company, part of that negotiation, part of that discussion is for how long they're going to keep your benefits on. So I'm not sure which lawyer at my firm you're dealing with, but that's something that certainly they can advise you on. And, you know, you're right. I mean, we're dealing with corona here, and this is unprecedented. And, you know, to the extent that there's going to be difficulty here with with the company and with you finding an, another, you know, job uh, anytime in the near future, that may very well be something that uh, can be negotiated with the company as part of the package. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Fred. Appreciate the uh, appreciate the phone call. And you want to reach out any further information? No problem. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the way. And help at disabilityrights.ca. And four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred is the number for you to call in, just like Fred, and uh, and get her done. Nancy, moving on to Nancy's email. Nancy says, "I've been on long term disability for three years now for a chronic back and neck condition." I get injections and a lot of therapies every week. Recently, a new claims adjuster took over my file and told me that she's reviewed uh, my case with a medical consultant, and they think that I should have gotten better with all my treatments and should be uh, back at work already, or at least try to return uh, try a return-to-work program. That's against the advice of my two doctors that I see regularly. I don't know what to do. This new adjuster is very mean and told me that if I don't try to go back to work, they'll cut off my benefits uh, in May. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Seriously, John, right? I mean, and this is, again, not unusual for me to, to have emails like this and calls like this, Nancy. You're not alone when it comes to this. So let's break this down. First of all, the fact that you've been on long-term disability now for three years tells me, obviously, that uh, you've qualified for the more difficult disability test under the LTD policy, which is the any occupation test, because you've been now on LTD beyond the two-year mark. So for the new adjuster now to come on board and say that, uh, you know, th- th- they think you should be ready to go back to work, well, it's yes, they can say that, but that's not where, you know, the analysis starts or ends. We have to look at what your doctors are saying. We have to understand from you whether you're, you know, you're ready or not. And, and you're saying you're not ready. And in fact, your two doctors that you see regularly are saying you're not ready. Well, then guess what? I would go with what your doctors are saying, and I would follow your doctor's advice. 
And the fact that the new adjuster is being aggressive with you, and, and, and from what I understand, from what I can gather here, the adjuster is bullying you to try and go back yeah. to work. You need to put in writing that your doctors have said that you're unable to go back to work anytime soon, if that's in fact their opinion. And, and if the adjuster, despite that, and despite the fact that you continue to get treatments, says to you, no, here's the deadline in March. Uh, well, actually, they're saying this in March. I'm assuming it's March of next year. Uh, the, fa- the fact that they're saying that, uh, that tells me uh, that you now have time uh, to, to you know, potentially uh, uh, take action against the insurance company if the insurance company does not back off. John, this is really important to understand. People often contact us uh, at the firm and, and ask us, well, what do I do? Do, do, I, do I do what the adjuster wants me to do or do I do what the doctors yep. are telling me to do? And, you know, the answer is really clear. You follow your doctor's advice. And that's not, I'm not even giving you legal advice here. I mean, the, the legality of it is, is beside the point. You have to do what is best for you from a health standpoint. It doesn't help people, and I've seen this time and time again. I'm dealing with a gentleman right now that is essentially being pressured to go back to work despite his psychiatrist's advice Mm. because he feels that he's going to get cut off if he doesn't, and he's not ready to go back. And the problem is that, you know, he may very well go into work and within a matter of hours or days crash, you know, and he's going to be in a worse off situation than he was when he tried to go back to work. So it's really important to understand that if your doctors are telling you not to go back to work, Get that in writing from them. Give it to your adjuster. And if your adjuster insists on you going back to work despite that, well, then you need to give me a call, and maybe I need to intervene and communicate to the adjuster that they need to hold off. Because if they don't, if they don't, uh, you know, there's going to be problems for the insurance company, and there's going to be problems for you if you simply assume that everything is fine and they're not going to cut you off, because they will cut you off. You know, that's a certainty. If they told you they're going to cut you off, they're going to cut you off. And we can take action now to avert that. By the way, what is a medical consultant? A medical consultant. Yeah, a medical consultant. So medical consultant is sort of the catch-all phrase. It it can mean a doctor, but oftentimes it does not mean a doctor. So insurance companies have people either on staff or just doctors that they go to uh, to review claims, to review files. Hmm. I'll tell you this, John. Hmm. I've had quite a few cases where an individual was cut off or denied long-term disability altogether, and when we got involved in starting a legal claim and got a copy of the insurance company's file and took a look at it, we found out that the medical consultant was, in fact, not a doctor. It was not somebody with a particular expertise in our client's disability, and it made it very easy for us to undermine the insurance company's position. And, you know, I've had other situations where... They did use a doctor for their opinion, but the doctor they used was a general practitioner. Nothing wrong with a general practitioner, except that if I'm dealing with an orthopedic injury or a psychiatric psychiatric disability, well, then you have to go to an ortho, right? An orthopedic surgeon for an opinion, or you have to go to a psychiatrist or a psychologist. So insurance companies will often go to these medical consultants who are many times not doctors. Sometimes they are, uh, but sometimes they're not. And they'll rely on their opinions in support of their position to deny someone long-term disability. And again, people are, they don't know anything about that, right? I mean, they ask for the identity of this individual, and often insurance companies simply say, no, we're not going to give that to you. Well, guess what? If we get involved and we start a legal claim, they have to give us the file. They have to give us this information. We are then able to look at the guts of their decision-making process and hit back and force them to come to the table and pay our clients what they're owed. 
Yeah, my thinking is if it was a doctor in the beginning, they would say doctor, not medical, not medical consultant to make it look even stronger. But who knows, right? Generally, we'll, uh, we'll, yep, yep. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll take a short break. You want to uh, ring through, ask a question about your disability rights and disability law. Maybe you're dealing with your insurance company. Maybe you just need some answers from Savannah. Bring it on, 416-870-6400. The email address is help at disabilityrights.ca. And for the next little while, it looks like anyway, covidrights.ca is going to be an appropriate website for you to check out as well. It's a disability law show right here. Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is at 12:44, which means you still have time to call through, ask your questions. Yeah, 416-870-6400, and email is help at disabilityrights.ca. In that regard, going right over to uh, Sam. Hi, Sam. Thanks for hanging on. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? Good, sir. What's uh, what's on your mind, pal? Uh, so I was just listening to the gentleman speak about the disability, and I have something very similar where I've, I've, I've been forced off work from the company I worked for for a, over a year. And although I provided the sufficient medical documents, they had two uh, general medical consultants deny mm-hmm. uh, my claim after we appealed it, after it was denied the first time. Okay, Sam, let me let me just ask you a few more questions. So first of all, uh, you said after it was denied the first time. So are you talking about an appeal? Did you appeal? Yeah, so yeah, so I, I went. I went to the appeal all the way to the OSI, and they yeah. denied it after a second time. So they denied it July of last year, and then October of last year as well, saying I had insufficient medical document documentation. Sorry, and that's despite the fact that you had your doctors. Uh, I don't know how many doctors you have. One, uh, two, my friend, two, and and they both provided their own notes, obviously. And we went to a separate doctor just to see if we can get a new, fresh set of eyes, and they obviously denied that. So we haven't been paid aside from unemployment, um, for the last full year. Okay. For, okay. So your first denial was about a year ago, right? That's correct. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, do, do you mind if I ask you what's the nature of your disability? Not at all. So I suffer from chronic general anxiety and panic disorder. And I had an episode back in 2014 with the same company where I was granted only a month off cause that's all I needed, but I've done treatments and et cetera, et cetera. And they're still saying that it's not a condition that would constitute something happening or taking place at work and furthermore it's not completely uh, disabling me from going uh, to do my job which in fact my doctor has given his medical opinion saying it is and the company saying well you can stay employed with us we're just not going to pay you until you decide to come back and you try to force me back to work four times on separate occasions what kind of work do you do uh so i work in telecommunications for one of of the one of the companies in uh, canada and it involves obviously going to people's homes, and the anxiety disorder comes from that and other stuff, but they're saying it's insufficient, and they're saying they're not going to pay me based off the fact that after reviewing the, uh, my files a second time, they said, sorry, it doesn't, it doesn't constitute a, dis- a disabling uh, nature. And, and, and I'm sure when you when you told your doctors that they were beside themselves, right? They couldn't believe uh, it. more more. He was at his job was at the ground, and this is my yeah. first doctor said, "I don't know what else I can do for you, my friend." The second doctor right. said, "This is exactly what they do, and we know that they force people off, and they don't want to pay." Obviously, as we all know, the reason as to why. But we've tried everything, even under their discretion, and even after we went to treatment with them, telling us where to go, like what kind of treatment. They said, "Sorry, Sam, it doesn't involve you." not being able to go back to work. And we just sent them another letter last week saying, if I don't provide updated documentation, they're going to fire me. 
Okay, Sam, there's no question in my mind that uh, we can help you. This is not unusual. And let me explain to you what is happening here. What's happening here, you're very welcome. And and I'm really happy you called because many people are, are, you know, people learn from you and people learn from these kinds of scenarios. Yes, unfortunately. Uh, But, you know, the reality is this. This idea of insufficient medical documentation, it's a ludicrous sentence to even utter because your doctors have specifically explained what it is that's disabling you. And and here's the thing, the appeal process, you know, trying to get another doctor and another doctor, another doctor, they want you to do that because just the fact that you're trying to do that, right, it frustrates you. It frustrates the process. And, 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 and add to my know, anxiety. Yes, exactly. A hundred percent. And, you know, the reality is, and, you know, being a lawyer and doing this, many people tell me, well, you know, you're saying this because you want business. I don't care if you come to me or do it yourself, Sam, but here's, here's the way. No, I'm not saying it. that. I, I just, it just resonated no, with know, the last person that was on, on the radio. That's all. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. You are doing the correct thing here, but I Thank will tell you. you this. Whether it's me or someone else, you have to get legal advice because you have a case here, a legal case. And here's the thing. Once, once you start a legal claim against the company, they now have to have a lawyer defending it, which means they now have to hire someone and spend money on that person. The test yes, is correct. really simple. If you are disabled from working and your doctors say that you are disabled from working, then they have to approve you. And this whole appeal nonsense that they get people to do over and over again, you know, people don't understand, and I don't blame you for doing that, is you're trying to, to follow the rules, right? You're, you're of course. We, yeah, of course. We didn't want, we didn't want to not, you know, dot our eyes, cross our teeth, and then, then tell us, sorry, you didn't do that. So we fought. We went to the Tribunal of Human Rights, and they said, try to appeal it the best that you can. And we did everything, and unfortunately, we didn't, we didn't win. We got denied twice, so... I mean, no, no, no. That's very frustrating, my friend. Very frustrating. Yeah. Let's 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 shut off air. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, get in touch with me. John's going to give you the information, and, and you, you know, sir. we're going to do everything in our part to help you. I can tell you, Sam, we've helped thousands of people in your position across the province. I believe it, sir. I believe it. Yes. This is this is this is not this is not unusual, and I'm really sorry you're going through this, especially uh, now. Thank you. I mean, many people suffer from it, and they just don't understand that being mentally or having, and if I go to work, I'm going to have a crash. And I already went back, but not by my wow. choice, by their choice. And my doctor said, Hey, you know what? We can return to work, but it doesn't need involving him going to the house. He said, no chance. He has to either go to the house or he can stay home in his own house, which is absolutely preposterous, ridiculous. No, listen, you're completely correct. You're completely, you, you have a case here. I'm telling you, you have a case. I, I want to see all the documentation. I want to see the denial, but, but yes. they should not be doing that. And, and frankly, you know, this is this is more to people out there listening. In many instances, people like Sam call me, and and you know, we advise them on the right side when they have a claim. And, and you know, if people would have contacted us at the beginning, you know, it usually takes us uh, weeks, if not you know, months sometimes, but certainly within a year. By the time that you know, it, had you contacted me back then, chances are we would have already resolved your claim. That's that's the reality. But most I, people I, I totally get it. I totally doing, get it. And, and, yeah. and you're doing exactly what you think is correct. So again, I'm not blaming you. I think. I no, fair enough, fair enough. You thought was right, you know? It's, it's a learning it's process, really but I have a question bad. as well. Sorry to cut you off. Of um, are they able to legally fire me if, if my doctor says return to work, but not to their stand, like not to their um, standards or to their expectations? They have to accommodate you. They have to well, accommodate yeah. you. There is a duty to accommodate, right. So, so they can't, listen, if they fire you when you are in a disabled state, uh, that's a violation of your human rights. And I know you mentioned Correct. something about going to the right. human rights tribunal, but, but they haven't fired you yet, right? No, they actually sent me a paper last week stating, due to your absence, we would like an updated medical form, which was not an issue for my doctor. He was actually beside himself again. And then he said, if you don't provide it within a certain time uh, dated or stated, we're going to fire you. And obviously we gave it because with, with the threat of being fired, I don't want to lose 
a company a job that I've been there for almost 14 years just because I didn't go get a documentation that we provided numerous times before, as mentioned. Right. I understand your concerns. I mean, you're dealing with both an employment issue here and a disability issue. And again, we see that quite often. Yes, sir. Uh, and it's very important to understand also the interplay between the two of them. So, no, listen, Sam, let's, I mean, your, your situation is classic for what we see, and we can definitely help you on all fronts here. Great. Thank you very much, Jim. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate the call. That's uh, that's right in there. We'll talk a little bit about that afterwards. Get back to your emails with the last uh, few minutes. You want to call through about your disability claim or something like Sam's going through, man, bring it on. 416-870-6400. Disability Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Last few minutes to go here. By the way, you want to reach out afterwards, get a hold of Savan uh, for Sam as well, who just uh, just had on the air. It's 1-855-821-5900, 1-855-821-5900. That and uh, help at uh, disabilityrights.ca is the uh, is the email address. You know, I've just, I, I, I text you this during that phone call, Savannah said, is this a planted call? Because Sam is checking all the boxes, and it's the stuff we talk about every week, about being denied, about possible workplace problems, right. about going through the denial process and, and just chasing your own tail. He, he checked all the boxes. It's a big bull of wrong, and thank God he phoned through and uh, is going to contact you later, right? Yeah, you know what? I was going to ask you if you planted that call. Because ah. it's, so, it's so, you know, so on point. And, you know, honestly, my, my heart goes out to him. And, and yeah. I, I, in front of me, I'm looking at about six, seven different emails I received just in the past hour from people. And during the breaks, I'm skimming through them. And exactly the same issues. People having issues with their employment, but they have disability issues as well. You know, people who are being let go while being disabled, while on disability. And how does yep. that affect them? You know, I had a gentleman contact me this week, John, who said, look, I was let go from my job last year. Uh, I had an issue, and it's related to his disability. And, and, you know, he's saying, well, I have a lawyer dealing with that employment matter, but I need your help with my insurance company, you know, because they're asking all these unreasonable things. They're going to cut me mm-hmm. off, and I'm concerned. No money from my work and no money from, you know, disability. And I said, well... Yeah. You know, I have no issue with you having an employment lawyer, but you have to make sure that if you are dealing with a disability or an LTD insurer and you also have issues with your employer, there is an interplay between the two of them. You may end up getting severance from your employer and then find out that that severance gets eaten up by your disability insurer because LTD policies contain provisions that give the insurance company credit. So, you know, you have to understand that. That's why I keep telling people, this is what we do. We don't do family law. We don't do real estate. We don't do anything like that. No criminal, nothing. We do disability law and employment law across all our offices. So if you're dealing with either of those issues or both of those issues, we can help you. You bet. We'll see if we get uh, Danny on the air uh, quickly here. Hi, Dan. How are you? Uh, Good. Yeah. Good. What's uh, what's your question for us, event? Just a quick question. There's a... Oh, there's a long history. My wife had cervical cancer, blah, blah, blah. That was seven years ago. She was stage five. She had uh, so much radiation, bracken therapy. And she ended up, now she's in a wheelchair because of neuropathy. Plus, she almost passed away last year. She had to go in for, like, I forget what you call it, poison or something. But uh, she ended up with a that wasn't successful, and they end up Mount Sinai and do another operation. 
So bottom line, she's home now. Um, we have PSWs, all that coming in nurse every day. Mm-hmm. So much going on. But I'm just wondering, is there anything out there? She's on Canada disability, but that's all. The Ontario disability yeah. she cannot get because of, uh, unfortunately, I get old age pension, Canada pension, and um, small pension from compensation board, but of they say it just puts you over. That's a couple of years ago. I haven't tried anything mm-hmm. since, but I'm just wondering, is there anything out there? That's a, that's a, it's a very, very difficult situation, obviously, uh, and my heart goes out to you and your wife, uh, you know, for, for what both of you are going through. You know, if you don't have private coverage or coverage through an employer for short-term and long-term disability, then you are reliant on... CPP, you know, Canada Pension Plan Disability through them or ODSP, you know, but, you know, this is why I tell people, you know, think about it. If you don't have SPD or LTD through work, think about getting that privately because you never know when uh, or if you'll need it. This is something that I urge absolutely everyone. So I don't have an answer for this gentleman in terms of any other programs out there. I mean, maybe there is something in the CERB, you know, the CERB, the, the new uh, uh, relief legislation from the government uh, that's introduced uh, recently, and Lior can talk about that uh, on, on the next show. But again, for everyone out there, if you don't have disability coverage through work, then think very hard about getting that privately when everything comes down with COVID-19. About a minute to go here, pal. Last comment. What do you think? Hey, last comment, John, is that people should not be shy to apply for disability. This is the reason why we all have uh, disability coverage, mm-hmm. those, those, of, those of us that do. Uh, it's very important to understand that uh, you know, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling depression, if you have a phobia, PTSD, anything like that, or any other form of disability, you do, and you do have disability coverage through work or privately, you should apply. And if you do get denied, despite the fact that your doctors confirm you're disabled, you should be contacting a disability lawyer to understand your rights. And again, John, that website you mentioned, covidrights.ca or disabilityrights.ca, uh, it's just a, a ton of information there to help people, both with employment issues and disability issues. And that'll do it for another Sunday. Uh, yeah, right after uh, the top of the hour in the news here, your partner, of course, uh, Lior, is coming up with the uh, the employment law show, so stick around for that. In the meantime, reaching out to Savan, like Sam, please do. Don't mess around. It's uh, 1-855-821-5900. Help at disabilityrights.ca and, yeah, covidrights.ca as well. We'll catch you next time. Disability Law Show. It's right here. It's on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.